Welcome to the Creating Superstars at Work podcast. Welcome to the Creating Superstars at Work podcast. Hello, welcome to today's episode. Today, we are going to be talking about the subject of dealing with burnout, which is really fascinating subject. I'm here with the wonderful Catherine Maid. Hi, Kath. How are you doing? I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. How's life in Kath's world? Life in Kath's world is brilliant at the moment. I've started meditating a bit. Check your bad self out. Which has been amazing. Gone dairy free. Good woman. Which is a bit of a test bed, but it's all good. It's all good. And quite strangely, some of those things massively tie in, don't they? Related ka-ching, to ka-ching. burnout. So let's talk about burnout. It's really interesting. So in my other income stream, my other life, burnout is a huge, huge topic with the coaching world. Absolutely massive. Really huge with high achieving females, really huge with people who run their own businesses. What often isn't spoken about enough is what burnout looks like in the workplace if you're an employee. People are very open about talking about mental health issues. They're very open about talking about if somebody has a burnout or if somebody has a breakdown, like individuals, that's kind of quite big in the market at the moment, I guess, in the media. There's lots and lots of noise around that, quite rightly so. And it's a huge topic at the moment because of things that people are going through. We know we're in the middle of a global civil rights movement. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. There's so many things going on at the moment to do with the financial climate, to do with how people are feeling. And we know that self-care and self-managing is becoming hot on the agenda because of rising anxiety and fear and all of that thing, all that stuff. In the workplace, what's really interesting is it's happening all the time and has done since time has begun. Oftentimes, it doesn't really get recognised in the same way that it might do if you're an individual talking about anxiety or talking about mental health. Often it becomes part of a process. So if you are suffering with burnout, and we should explore what that really looks like in the workplace and what the telltale signs are to define it. But if you're suffering with anything which is challenging emotionally or physically in the workplace, often you are rooted into a HR slash a process where you go to occupational health and then you might go through HR and you might be put through sickness program, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is all very well and good. Of course, we need to have systems in order to be able to cope with people. However, one of the things that I really want to talk about is how as a leader, can you really identify what's going on? How can you spot it? Because often employees are too scared to be able to speak out. If they're going through overwhelm and they're going, starting to go through the tail end of something which might be kind of fairly revolutionary in their life, in their personal life, sometimes they compartmentalise and they don't want to talk about it in work and they try and hide it. Yet as leaders, we have got probably a prime position to be able to spot when one of our cohort might not be showing up as their best selves for whatever reason. And I think I want to open this up to you particularly, Kath, because you're a HR expert but also because we've got so much experience in leadership, because also it's a really, really sticky subject when it comes to how do you approach things? You know, there's lots of organisations that we work with who have these phrases, which are, are you okay? And that phrase then becomes wallpaper because when somebody says it for long enough, without necessarily having a meaning or depth behind it, it doesn't mean anything anymore. So talking about how do we spot this? What does burnout look like in the workplace? And how can we support people with the HR systems and the Oc Health systems that they need and the sickness systems without 
marginalizing them and without alienating them and making them feel even worse. So what does workplace burnout look like, do you think, Kath? I think from a leadership perspective, you've got to be able to recognize what burnout looks like and feels like for yourself before you can start recognizing it in other people. So this is really key. So what does it look like and what does it feel like? So it feels very different to different people. So Mm. a lot of people might feel very overwhelmed. Everything might start to feel very heavy, that they're stuck on a hamster wheel, if you like, that they just can't get off, that they don't feel as if they have any space for thought or reflection in order to get off the hamster wheel. It presents itself physically as well in terms of exhaustion, fatigue. People come to me when they're burnt out and say that they're unable to sleep well. So you end up in this catch-22 situation where you're physically and mentally burnt out, but on top of that, you can't you're wired. sleep. Yeah, absolutely yeah. wired. People start to rely then on self-medicating sometimes. So they start drinking, perhaps they're drinking a lot of coffee. So energy drinks. Energy drinks. Stuff, yeah eating really badly because they don't have time to eat well, cook well. So it's a massive, huge loop. So this is why burnout is really, really important. For me, and I think this is something that needs to be recognised by everybody is, how does it present itself physically with, with burnout? So How can you tell the signs, right? Yeah, definitely. So I know when I'm starting to burn out because my anxiety levels start to increase. But that actually comes through in my physiology in terms of where I feel anxiety. So anxiety for me presents itself in my body, certainly in my chest area. So my heart starts to pound very, very quickly, or at least it feels like it does. And it almost feels like people can actually physically see it pounding out of my chest. And then that makes me more anxious. But anxiety is not a normal feeling for me. So I know that something's triggering it and it's usually burnout. And burnout for me comes in the form of fatigue, not reflecting on where I am, focusing my time, not being able to say no to people. So your boundaries go. So my boundaries can completely Mm. go. And what we all need in a situation like this is we need someone to talk to, we need someone to go to, to help us with that, because it's not a normal kind of state of mind to be in. And maybe somebody to point it out, because like you're just saying about your self-awareness, like you know that you don't identify very well with anxiety. So if you start to feel it, it's because you know that that's not your normal state, your everyday state. Well, some people aren't that self-aware, right? One of the things that we do when we go into organisations is help raise self-awareness because it's it's such a key piece. And so what's fascinating about that is, is that sometimes it can look like somebody overworking. Sometimes it can look like somebody being at the office all hours. Sometimes it can look like somebody speaking faster. It can look like somebody not eating at all. It can look like somebody... On the flip side, completely losing their mojo yeah. and being on a go slow. Or even being um, unusually angry. Or that conflict. agitation. Yeah, the agitation piece. Yeah. One individual I worked with who was suffering from burnout massively, the first signal to me was him picking up a hole punch and throwing it across his desk. Wowzers. Yeah. And, you know, it's a signal. It's a yeah. touch point for you as, as a leader or a manager to look at someone and say, hang on a minute, there's something not right here. And to be able to yeah. pick up on that and start asking the right questions. And having the confidence to have a challenging conversation, right? Yeah. Because often leaders won't do this for fear of confrontation or for fear of upsetting somebody. Or opening up a can of worms because they don't want to go there. Yeah. And that to me is not... That is not authentic leadership. No. That is armoured leadership. Yeah. And if you and that's 
what we see often. We see it often, don't we, in the workplace. So people aren't equipped necessarily to be able to see this. The other thing which is really interesting is that we know that with burnout, it's because you're in fight or flight mode. So we know there's cortisol raging through your body if you're in burnout. Now, it's either because you've worked too hard or because you've had some kind of trauma. There might be something going on outside of work or inside of work. It could be to do with any type of stress around change. It could be to do with simply that you're going through a really busy period. Or it could be that you've had a newborn baby and you're not sleeping. There's so many reasons, right? But what we do know is that the best thing for anybody who is suffering from anything on the scale from being a little bit stressed out to overwhelm, to anxiety, to full-blown burnout, mania, stop, whatever it might be that's going on for them, what we need to be able to do is see it for them. Because sometimes it's so subconscious and their behavior, they're just not aware of it because they're just doing their best, aren't they? Yeah. So when we go into businesses and we talk about these issues, we look at it from a well-being point of view. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when we're talking to leaders, we take them through training and development around how to spot the signs of burnout, stress, anxiety. And there's some really kind of significant trigger points which can tell you that somebody is not in the right space. We also know that well-trained individuals in this area, in terms of being able to spot the different behavioural triggers, what it means for the business is that these are picked up on early on, so they don't actually lead to more significant issues like like They can nip health. it in the bud. Yeah, we can nip it in the bud. It's proven that organisations that have qualified mental health first aiders, ambassadors, well-being ambassadors, people who have responsibility for th- those type of areas within the business, they're in those businesses. There is more of a chance that people will be open about feeling the overwhelm of burnout. So the trouble is with burnout is that it can lead to much more significant issues like long-term sickness, yes. which is going to cost you money. Completely. Like mental health issues, which is going to affect somebody's life. You know, it's really, really serious. So we have a duty of care. And the problem with burnout is it's a habit. It becomes a habit loop. So you're in burnout, you're tired, your anxiety levels increase. You can't sleep. You wake up exhausted. You do more work. Your burnout increases. So this looping Yeah, yeah. I totally identify behavior, with that. Yeah. Yeah. It just keeps on going. And then that leads to inability to focus on anything positive. So your positive mindset kind of goes down the swanee completely and your inner dialogue changes. It becomes really negative. Yeah. So it's really interesting. So a personal story. So it's really interesting. There's a couple of things coming up for me while you're talking. And the first is a couple of our global clients have very recently, they've lost a few of their young men to suicide and they had no idea. Mm. And so we know that male suicide rates are, I think there's more men that die from male suicide than they do from testicular cancer. It's yes. huge. Between the ages of 25, 35? Yeah, it's huge. Mm. So I think thinking about the mental health arena is fascinating. And I also know that part of the problem with companies waking up to being more human centric and understanding that people process in different ways and that they need to have an approach which is tailored towards them so that we can spot this, is that there's a fear of HR litigation. So this is really interesting. And I want to pick up on that in a second. I, I mm. just, I'm, I'm just earmarking it because I know that you can give us some conversation on that. But the other thing that I want to say is that I've suffered with adrenal fatigue probably for the last seven years now. And for the last five of those seven years, I've regularly had adrenal crashes. I've got an autoimmune disease. 
it's the workaholics disease is, you know, it's, it's rampant in kind of high achieving females and it's the 21st century disease, hands down. And what's really interesting about it is the only way that I can manage it is that I have to be supremely self-aware. And one of the reasons why I am so self-aware is because I run my own business. What I think is fascinating is if you're in an organization and you don't necessarily have the pressure of employees or customers that are your own because it's your own bread and butter that you're creating. I wonder what's in place in terms of well-being for people to think about self-managing. And when we look at well-being programs, which we're often part of, you know, with the work that we do in organizations, often those well-being programs revolve around fitness and they revolve around headspace. There's a lot of stuff to do with mindfulness and a lot of stuff to do with meditation, but it's not necessarily to do with the billy basics of making sure you eat every three hours, making sure you've got a bedtime routine, making sure you hydrate often enough. You know, the basics, if we were looking at a child, we would see what's wrong with them. The first things we'd look at is sleep, food, and water. Those are the first things that we then we look at environment. And as adults, often we don't do that. And so what's fascinating is in the workplace, I think they're, and maybe I'm overstepping the mark a bit, but I feel like with a lot of the organizations that we're involved with, it needs to be more sophisticated. And we need to be looking at not just what can we provide as employers, what can so-and-so huge blue chip company provide for their employees in terms of their basic needs. But actually, what information and education can we be giving our bank of employees, which largely, if we didn't have those employees, the the businesses wouldn't exist, they'd fold. So what can we give those frontline people who are the face of our businesses usually? What can we give them? What tools can we give them? What information can we give them? What space can we give Mm -hmm. them so that they can self-manage effectively, which means they'll be more self-aware it's a self-awareness piece because it's all very well for you and I, who are self-aware individuals, who are used to talking about this stuff. And we have that language bank. But if we go into a workplace that's maybe got, I don't know, 250 people on one floor, most of those people won't even consider this because they'll just be getting by. They'll just be coming to, they'll be doing the Groundhog Day thing, you know? Like we know that 80% of the population are sleepwalking. Yeah. So it's like that whole thing of kind of going... Mm, okay, so let's just look at it from a different angle. Yeah, so for me, it's it's the oxygen mask effect, isn't it? Yeah. So when you're on an aeroplane, you're told that if you've got a young child with you, you put the oxygen mask on yourself and you protect yourself. First. First, so you, you are aware of your surroundings, how to keep that child safe. And you put, then you put the oxygen mask on the child. And this is exactly the same principle. Yeah. In that, in order for us to lead and support each other in the workplace, when it comes to things like burnout, anxiety, mental health issues. We have to be able to recognise them in ourselves first. And the best way that we can do that is through education and training. I agree with you, yeah. So when we've gone into businesses and we've taught people, you know, how to recognise signs, how to deal with it, these are the organisations that can support you because you're not expected to do all of this no. by yourself as an organisation. There are people out there that can help you and, and will do it willingly and freely as well. And that's what's really frustrating for me in that there's so many people that organisations could tap into to make their businesses an atmosphere where people feel a sense of freedom around talking around mental health issues. Where they feel safe. Yeah, burnout issues. A lot of people are afraid to. Mm. Where there's continuing dialogue 
about it. Um, in the construction industry, for example, more men in that 25 to 35 bracket die of suicide every year than they do from falls or accidents in the workplace, which when you consider the type of industry, it's absolutely astounding and really, really scary. And a lot of professional bodies around that sector are doing a lot of work to raise awareness. And this is what we're talking about. The only way that we're going to be able to eradicate issues like burnout, particularly when it's going to lead to more serious issues, is it's about awareness. And Mm. it's about the ability to create spaces where people don't feel intimidated by mentioning phrases like mental health, burnout, anxiety. All those taboos and all of that stuff shouldn't really exist these days, but still do, don't they, in certain cultures. And the other thing which is really interesting is in one of the earlier podcast episodes, which you may have listened to, guys, you would have heard Kath and I talk about values and talk about how people show up and how they show up in terms of their work ethic, their attitudinal response to how they show up, how they present themselves, all of this type of thing. And sometimes all it takes is for a leader to notice a difference. And sometimes that can just open up the conversation. And this thin end of the wedge conversation is really important. But again, it's about awareness, isn't it? It's about really knowing your guys when they come on the floor or whatever it is, when they come into the office, if they're on Zoom and suddenly they're not showing up in a way that you would expect them to, it's okay for you to say it's okay for you to check in. Yeah. You know, and it's not checking up. It's, it's checking, checking in. in. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. How are you? And maybe recognising through communicating with the individual that they have noticed a difference in their behaviour and asking the question why in a caring and yeah, supportive way. Absolutely. And that leads on to, and I know we're kind of running out of time, so we're just going to touch on this because actually we're going to do another episode just about communication because we've realised how much that golden thread of communication comes between pretty much everything that we're talking about in this podcast series. But one of the things that's really interesting about having the culture where you can call one another out and forward on how you're showing up is really fascinating. So for instance, I know one of the things, and I and I speak about this to every single person on my team, I will say to them, please tell me if I haven't eaten. And tell me, please tell me if I need to take time off and I'm talking to you about taking time off and I'm showing up, I'm looking tireder and tireder and we're all like workhorses, aren't we? So we'll all just keep going. Please tell me and call me out if I haven't done it. And we will do likewise with each other. And actually on our team, especially on our leadership team Mm. and Inspire Me, we do that often. We do. We do it frequently. And it's because we've got the culture where we can do that. Now, I totally appreciate that in smaller organisations, often it's easier to Mm. have that trust and transparency and that level of integrity with one another. And sometimes it's easier as well because like attracts like. So if you've got an aligned workforce, then you're going to have people who are on the level, they're on the same level as you, you resonate with them. So you don't feel scared about saying something that maybe in a large organisation you might do. Or if you're a team leader of people that you don't know that well, maybe it's a new team, all of that type of stuff, you know, you might not have the security within yourself because it's a self-worth piece. You know, you can't talk about self-awareness without talking about self-worth. Because if you're going to be bold enough and courageous enough to say to somebody, how can I support you? I've noticed a difference in how you're showing up. Mm. Would you like to have a conversation around it? And depending on how that person frames how they're feeling, they might be deeply ashamed of it. And they might be not wanting to talk about it. And they might be trying to hide it. It's a really interesting skill set, isn't it? To have that level of communication So we'll pick that up on a separate podcast episode. Sure, definitely. Are there any parting shots to do with HR and processes which you think could be improved in order to support people? Most definitely. So it's about 
open dialogue and you can create open dialogue and a feeling of positive open dialogue around certain messaging by doing lots of different things. So by putting visual things up on the wall about mental health, about burnout, about anxiety, what the symptoms are. So it becomes something normal. It becomes something part of the environment. As soon as you put something visual up, people start to have dialogue about it. Mm. And that's what you want people to do, to feel more confident about talking about it. So that's the the first area. The second area is that I believe that every single organisation should have a mental health first aider. I appreciate that very small businesses may not have the capacity to do Mm. that. However, what they can do is contact one of the charities like Mind, for example, who are really supportive to small businesses, well, businesses of all sizes, but particularly small businesses who need them to advise, support when issues crop up. So really good starting point to make a good relationship with your local Mind's office. In terms of internally, then making sure that your management and your leadership team have a good grasp on how you manage burnout, mental health issues, and how you detect them. But in order to do that, they've got to start looking inwards. You have to be a leader in order to manage well, right? Yeah. And that's really fascinating because there's another topic there all by itself. But it's like what we know that when somebody needs more support from a HR capacity, they need to go into a process and that process needs to be managed. It does. However, in order for you to know, with this particular subject, in order for you to notice and have the awareness, it's a question of you being a leader because it's a question of you serving your team and really knowing them and having that. It's about having the courage and the skill to communicate. That's really what it's about, isn't it? And it's about duty of care at the end of the day, because if you have a a role of leadership, you have a responsibility. You've got to care, right? Yeah. And you have a responsibility for the people that work for you. And if you don't fulfill that obligation you are letting those people down. You're not doing your job properly. You're not doing your job properly. Yeah. What a note to end on. Gordon Bennett. Well, tune in for the next one. And again, as always, I'm sure this is a topic which is going to spark a lot of conversations. So please, please message us, contact us, talk to us, comment, share, like, whatever you need to do in order to bust open this as a topic because it's something that's really important and especially in today's climate. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Andre Callanan and Catherine Mays. We'll see you again. Bye guys. You've been listening to the Creating Superstars at Work podcast brought to you by AppInspireMe.com. We are Inspire Me, an award-winning people development company that specializes in corporate engagement, workplace happiness and well-being for customer service organisations. You can contact us on hello at andinspireme.com.